0: 4 7 let us intercept the final barrier, two 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 <laughs>
1: RC Nation version 2.0. This is episode number 33. And why, you might ask? Because being awesome is dangerous. Isn't that right, Jake?
2: Wait, 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 wait. Awesome? You're awesome?
1: The whole, the whole thing. The whole RC Heli Nation thing, man. Come on now. Keep up, Jake. Keep oh,
2: okay. up. Well, no, 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 All right. If we're talking about the nation, sure. But, you know.
1: Anyway, that was Jake being Jake. Yes. <laughs> You're off your game tonight, Jake. What's up? Hey, am I? I don't know. Did you, did you drink too much before we started recording? Oh, I it was those uh, horse pills you told me you took. Right. Right. So anyway, we have, uh, you know, we uh, mentioned last week that we were going to talk Nitro's this week.
2: Nitro, bitches! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think you need to ask your doctor to t- turn that uh, that uh, dosage down a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Just saying. But anyway, so we were going to talk Nitro this week. So anyway, we had Phil on to do an interview from RC Heli Collective, and... uh I got, in, I got in touch with uh, a guy over there from, uh, where, are you at? where are you from, Nick? Bellingham, Washington? That is correct. Up there in the north, uh, great northwest, rainy weather.
0: Sunshine capital of the world.
1: And um, he's also a Nitro guy for the most part, right, Nick?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and uh, first we're going to talk a little bit with Nick and kind of find out what his story is. And um, and then we're going to play the interview and then we're going to kind of continue the conversation uh, on Nitro, which Jake will not be able to follow because Jake thinks Nitro is something you wash dishes with.
2: <laughs> you you haven't sent me one yet.
1: <laughs> Still going with that one, huh, Jake?
2: I am. Yeah, that one's getting I, am. I even told my wife, be ready. He's sending me one. He doesn't know it yet, but he's sending me no, one. No, no, here's what you're
1: doing. You're telling your wife to be ready because Dan's sending me a Nitro, but in reality what you're doing is you've ordered a goblin so when it shows up, she'll see the box and she'll just think, oh, well, that must be the heli. Dan sent him.
2: I don't know. She already knows there's another Goblin.
1: Wait a minute. Is it is it on its way?
2: Not yet. But oh, okay. Actually, they actually have them in stock. It's not like a waiting list right now. Really. Really.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting.
2: Very interesting. So anyway,
1: let me go ahead and introduce Nick. Nick, how you doing, man? Good. Awesome. Yeah? So Nick, uh you uh you fly for a few folks, don't you? You have some sponsors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Main one being Heli Wholesaler and uh, for my buddy Matt Bear at Perfect Regulators as well.
1: So how's that Heli Wholesaler thing treating you? You like those guys down there?
0: You know, they've been fantastic to me. Uh, just kind of made me feel like family since the beginning. And um, it, it's nice. It's a great opportunity to get out, you know, fly a multitude of models, yeah. uh, gain a lot of experience. And it's just all about, you know, having fun. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of really sharp guys involved with that team. That's uh, It's nice to surround yourself with that, and all you do is get better, smarter, push harder.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we here at The Nation have an affinity for the Heli Wholesaler team, mainly because, you know, I've been a big fan of, of that outfit. And when I say that outfit, I mean the whole family, the Heli Pros and the miniature aircraft. It's a Montana thing for me, you know, and of course, mm-hmm. they sponsor the show as well, so... It's always nice to get a heli wholesaler pilot on the show
0: absolutely
1: so how long you been flying helicopters nick
0: uh coming up on july will be three years so not too too long yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i've been flying a little bit longer than you but i bet you you fly a shit ton better than i do
0: i i don't know i mean it 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 resembles a a maneuver that other yeah. people know every now and then.
1: But. Let me let me guess. Sam, 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 Sam,
0: Sim, Sim, Sim. sim, sim. sim, sim, sim. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Massive. I'm a Sim jockey, man. At least half hour every single night.
1: And yeah. which Sim?
0: Phoenix. The, oh. on, the uh-huh. only. The ah! only Sim.
1: Come on now. <laughs> you know that's you know that's false, right? I mean, you know that you're spreading <laughs> a lie to the masses.
0: No. No, 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 not even close, man.
1: I suppose. Hey, I have Phoenix. Uh, I just don't like it as much as I like Real Flight 6. And I got to be specific about that. It's not Real Flight. It's not Real Flight. It's Real Flight 6 because I had Real Flight 4.5 and I hated it. I absolutely hated it.
0: I just tried 6. I actually went down to a local hobby shop with intentions of just flying 6.
1: And it was and awesome, I, wasn't it? It was pure I, awesomeness. N- uh,
0: no, it oh. was not. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, obviously, yeah.
1: you just don't have the skills that it takes. I'm
0: sure that I don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I know that that's what it... I, hey, I'm at 51 degrees, all right? Oh. So you better just watch it, buddy.
1: Yeah, you are just a tad bit better. Than, well, you know what? I think I might have hit 52 today. Oh, really? I yeah. I, I, did, I was going to get the protractor out and measure it, but I couldn't get close enough to the blades. That's probably a good thing. We call that population control. (laughs) Darwinism at its best. That's right. All right. So, Jake, uh, the Goblin, is it flying yet or what's the deal, man?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Have you been flying
2: it? Um, There hasn't been a whole lot of flying, but it has at least seen a little bit of airtime again. Yeah. Let's put it this way. It snowed every day this past week except for today.
1: Well, I got some news for you, man. What? It's been like 70 degrees and sunny every day this week, except for today.
2: I have one word for you.
1: Warm weather dick? Dick. (laughs) Am I a warm weather dick now?
2: I'm not even putting the warm weather in there, just flat out. Just flat out dick.
1: (laughs) You're just a flat out dick, man. That's all there is to it. I'm sorry that you got bad weather, dude, but I'm telling you. You, it's know you know why? You know why? Because you live it's
2: just flat out because y- you know the pain of the cold weather. Yet you're still rubbing it in.
1: Well, of course I am. And do you want to know why you're having cold weather? Go ahead. Why? Because you live where all the sinners live,
2: as opposed to
1: here in God's country, man. All the, uh huh. You know, this is where the this is where the saints live. Saints. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. As I pick up my beer and take a drink. But
2: while I'm sinning, I, I lied. Um, Heli Direct does not have any goblins in stock. They're gone already.
1: Wow, gone already, huh? Gone hmm. already. So anyway, not much flying. Why not? Work? Busy? What's going on? Wife? Kids? House payments? What? What's up? Who, me? Yeah, you. Who else am I talking to? Come on, man. Keep up. Keep I'm up, sorry.
2: Jake. I, I went into my little world there. Um, what color is so this guy there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As purple and sometimes <laughs> a little green. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Been watching no, tele- I, Teletubbies lately, or what's the deal? No,
2: there's I, been a lot of Dragon Ball Z though. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So just busy. Like busy it. with work. Is that what's going on? What's What's up? Yeah,
2: work and uh, you know the the rug rat and my wife had a big horse show this weekend, so she was gone or is gone all weekend. And
1: well, you know, uh, um, Rob was Rob texted me today, and he said, Yeah. He said, hey, man, uh, I might be able to make it tonight. And then, of course, I didn't get that message. I was at the field. Uh, right. And then, so I my phone rang and text text and looked and he said, and then the second message said, oh, I can't. I got to go to St. Cloud tonight. <laughs> so within like 30 seconds, I thought he was going to be here and then he wasn't. So no Saints. Rob tonight. He went where? St. <laughs> Cloud, Minnesota, man. Come on. Keep up, Jake. Keep up.
2: I can't, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the horse tranquilizers. I'm just done. Yeah,
1: well, I'll forgive you. So this week, you guys, the weather I mentioned already it has been beautiful. And just mm-hmm. absolutely sunny, Jake, and very little wind. Today was a little cool. But uh, so you had your snow, and I had my sun. And I got to tell you, I probably, well, for example, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was at the field for 11 hours each day. Mm-hmm. But I only got two flights in those th- whole three days.
2: And why is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was buddy boxing Ed. Well, so oh, okay. if you think about that, I actually got a ton of flights in, but it was all while pushing a button, right? And just kind of <laughs> right. following a guy hover. It was <laughs> autopilot. Yeah, it was actually a lot of fun. Uh, so Ed, I've mentioned him a few times, new guy at the field. He, uh, he's, he, bit, he bit hard. He did. Yeah, he, uh, well, he got the 500, I guess, three or four weeks ago, and I kind of went over that story, How the local hobby shop, kind of screwed him over on that whole deal. Uh, Quickly thereafter, I convinced him that he needed to get a better radio, so he got a DX8. Right. Which, by the way, the more I handle that DX8, the more I realize that I really like my 9303 a lot better. You do? Yeah, it just feels better to me. But anyway... So, he got the DX8 and um, got him into a better charger, charger. Uh charger. Mm-hmm. Y- was it yesterday or? No, it was two days ago. He calls me. He says, let's go. I'll meet you there. Get to the field. And he said, um, so I bought a 600. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. Really? <laughs> he's been, to keep in mind, he's been flying for, oh. Uh, well, he, he flew an SR-120 for a few, maybe a month or so. But he's actually been flying this 500 for uh, five days that's okay not on hey. not only did he get a 600 oh. <laughs> he got six lipos uh, yeah. a new ar 7200 <laughs> um, two battery trays and um, everything he needs essentially to get this 600 going
2: now is that the 7200 or the
1: 7200 bx uh
2: the 7200 bx uh,
1: see can't we just all agree that there's gotta be a simpler name than AR seventy two hundred BX.
2: I just call it the ARBX, but you know. Yeah, I kinda like
1: that. I kinda like that. But anyway, so he, he got all that stuff. And uh, I said, sweet, I can't wait to fly it. <laughs> <laughs> so And he got sad,
2: all all on you. no my precious, all that deal.
1: No, no, he uh, you know, of course. You know, I've been buddy boxing him like crazy. And I got, you know what? I'm a little jealous. And well, jealous might be the wrong word, but I think back to when I started out here in, you know, middle of nowhere, Montana, no heli Mm -hmm. pilots to speak of anywhere. And I remember Mm -hmm. those days.
2: Learning on your own.
1: With my Vibe 50, calling heli pros and ordering nine sets of front torque tube gears at a time. Wow. (laughs) You know? Four or five sets of landing struts at a time. Wow. I remember days, weeks, when I would go to the field, and every time I came home, something was broke.
2: Well, that's normal.
1: No, I mean, it it was the same thing. It was a torque tube gear or a landing strut. (laughs) And so I think back to those days, and I remember how long it took for me to get confident enough to take the helicopter up in the air, and actually, just hover for a, a tank. And um, we're five days into this process. And today, this guy is flying this helicopter 60 feet in the air, flipping it around to nose in, holding it there, flying it at himself, nose in, nice and nice. slow, doing nice, nice, slow, coordinated turns away from himself and into himself. Burns.
2: He's already wow. surpassed you, hasn't he?
1: Dude, I'm thinking, I'm like, dude. I'm gonna have to stop buddy boxing you because you're gonna be better than me. Like <laughs> he's, he's, he's gonna, gonna have gonna to start buddy, buddy back boxing you. me, right?
0: What yeah. he's just gonna hold up the transmitter. And say, hey, you want to switch? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed,
1: Dan, you were kind of weak on that nose in. Uh, <laughs> maybe you you want to practice a little. Uh, no, I'm just absolutely. I'm first of all, I'm thrilled for the guy because his excitement that he's experiencing. um I remember just a week ago, his first hover on this 500, a 15-second bump hover, right? Just like yep. two feet in the air, right back down, maybe, and then it just slides all over the place. And that excitement. And uh, boy, he's just, he's like a school kid. 61-year-old guy, just just giddy with excitement. It's really kind of fun. It, it's a lot of fun to experience it. And uh, as I remember, if I would have had that Cause I, you know, I literally, I told, you guys hear that? Ha uh-huh. That's my, uh, that's my other cell phone. The one that I need, you know, when it rings, I need to answer it. And they give me an address to go to.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> How long does it take you to get there?
0: <laughs> Tell you which outfit to wear. To. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we want the high heels tonight. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I told him tonight, I said, you know, I just thinking back, literally, I, He's yeah. progressed in a week what took me month, two or three months to do. Mm-hmm. And it's really quite amazing. So
2: Yeah, having somebody there just even just a coach, not even necessarily buddy box really does help.
1: Well, yeah, and then he just said tonight he said, "Well, it's all about the confidence." And I mean, the fact that he knows if he runs into trouble like he did tonight, the helicopter, he lost orientation, the helicopter started sliding off in a direction he he thought it was the, you know, a different direction yep and I was able to just pick it up you know and bring it back and that instills a lot of confidence in people
2: it
0: does
1: Nick have you ever had a chance to but I'm sure you have you've buddy boxed people before haven't you
0: yeah yeah I do on uh not quite as much within the last well yeah winter but yeah absolutely during the summers you bet it's guess what priceless get, man guess what I
1: you're mean, guess what you're gonna be doing uh, at snowhomish
0: we will do it absolutely yeah oh. I want to see you cutting grass inverted
1: Dude, I um, I actually am excited. I, I I I mentioned, and I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it. Um, the Fun Fly in Gillette, Wyoming. Todd Bennett mm-hmm. is going to be there as well as I guess also in Snowhomish. Take uh, the class. I am. I'm taking the class. Are you? Yep.
0: You will forever look at helicopters differently.
1: You know. I was reading an interview with Bobby. Uh, well, an interview Bobby Watts did, and I cannot remember where. And it was just in the last few weeks. And he said in that interview that that Todd Bennett class he took was the turning point in his flying. Mm-hmm. I mean, what uh, have you? Did you have you taken it, Nick?
0: N- no, but I got a very uh, fortunate situation where because they they come to Snohomish every year. Right. Uh, him and Matt. And um, I was in a position where I could go down there and watch and hang out because a good friend of mine was taking the class. So I didn't get the hands-on actual flying, mm-hmm. but I got to hear and it was it was cool. I mean, some of they teach you to fly high mm-hmm. and just the stuff that they they pushed. I mean, we saw people literally going from tail and hovering to circuits loops rolls and auto in two days i mean two days
1: very with, nice
0: with nothing but confidence and they never go back past that so it's a. Uh, just seeing that uh, it seems to be
1: well well worth it yeah uh i was on the phone with jack the other day and um speaking of which let me just grab my iphone iphone because it's an apple product and it rules the world <laughs>
2: Yes, Apple does unfortunately I just need to rule keep an all fanboys, uh, doesn't it?
1: Oh my god, Jake! <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll understand. Someday. Someday. So Jack called me. Any, any. Um. Uh. He wanted to just kind of talk about that stuff, and I, I thought I. I kind of was thinking that maybe I, I wasn't going to be able to take the class, and and um, because I was under the impression that. I was going to be part of a second class. And we've mentioned before that if some of you guys are interested in doing that at Gillette to let me know or send Jack directly an email, if you send me an email, I'll get you in touch with Jack. I've had a few emails and I've referred them to Jack, but apparently nobody followed through because Jack said he didn't get anything. But if you are interested still, you have one week because it needs to be nailed down and he needs four people. If he can't get four people, then we're done with just the one class. So.
2: If you can get me out there, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> start walking, bitch. <laughs> Show a little thigh. You might get a ride. <sighs> Ass, I... cast, or grab. Oh, I said that wrong. <laughs> it's not funny if you say it wrong.
0: <laughs> it's funny, just in a different way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, nobody rides for free, homie um especially
2: on your scooter
1: so nick anything new and exciting happening in this past week what you been up to i know you you know relatively speaking you haven't been on the show but generally we kind of do what's been happening in the last week at the beginning so yeah what's been happening in the last week
0: we've had some not so friendly weather last week so it's a little too windy to get out and fly i don't i'm not a warm weather dick i fly all year round
1: yeah, but see, you guys don't really get cold weather in Bellingham, Washington. Excuse me? Do you? What you, <laughs> do you What's cold? What's cold? Tell me what's cold.
0: Like it, it gets down into the 20s.
1: Okay. Oh, that's nothing. When you say it gets down into the 20s, that's on the rare occasion it gets down into the 20s. That's No, like it does.
0: It stays in the mm. in the 30, 40, 50s, but it's the <laughs> rain. It's the rain that's the It's killer. the
1: rain.
0: I can fl- I'll can. fly in anything. The cold weather doesn't bother me. I bring a little propane heater out there and warm my hands up in between flights and <laughs> do right, that come whole. Come over here
2: when it's like negative 17 and try to. No, because,
0: see, that's not right. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> Humans were not designed to live in that sort of climate. Jake, so- I
1: think he just called you a, a non-human. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to. That's fighting words, man. <laughs> Stick up for yourself, Jake. Come on, man.
0: What What do
1: you mean? There he goes with the modulated robot voice. Jake thinks he's R2-D2.
0: No, so it's been a little slow the last week, but um, for the most part, I've I've kept up flying through the... So,
1: in your neck of the woods, uh, if you don't get used to flying in damp, rainy weather, you just don't fly, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. You don't progress, that's for sure.
1: Because the sun only shines like two days a year out there, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah kind of like england
0: if that so you learn to fly uh you learn to fly in the clouds and in the damp and it just
1: kind of is what it is that's that's the that's the no fun point for me i don't mind the cold as long as it's not like a a windy or humid cold that makes sense
0: yeah i don't (laughs) like the wind that's about the only thing that'll keep me out of there i mean when you you know have to start cranking the head speed up to ridiculous amounts just to get it back across the field Yeah, you know when it's 45 degree hovers the other way that's about <laughs> when i call it. i'm good
1: <laughs> i can't complain man the spring here has been fantastic last year last year the spring just kind of lingered and it was cold and cold and cold all the way up to almost mid-june up in here and uh this year it's been fantastic so far so knock on wood
0: Hopefully, we're starting. It's creeping now. It's yeah. coming close, and man, I just I can't wait.
1: <laughs> well, guys, I think it's time for some news. What do you think?
0: News. Please, please, give it, and give me my nuts back.
1: <laughs> they really do need to drop, dude. Hey, everybody. This is Matt naska with JC Zangle. and you're listening to RC heli Nation. all right news what do we got for news what do we got for news let's see new battery in town
2: new battery who's that
1: eco something eco power yeah that's it you guys familiar have you seen it nope I did it uh it's an aiming hobby thing so oh wait
2: no I did see that yeah
1: you know yawn aiming hobby yawn so uh yeah anyway they got a new battery coming out. I guess they just released a new charger not too long ago as well, didn't they? Are they going to release a charger? You guys hear about that? Nope. Oh. Did not. Okay. Well, then forget I said that. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, here's something I've noticed. And I just... Um, it's not. It's kind of news. Have you guys noticed lately the influx of, of internet-based... Kind of like what we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like video and... Tech tip, internet bait, like video, YouTube videos. There just seems to be a ton of them anymore. You know, kind of the the whole uh, reincarnation of Smack Talk, but by yeah, various you know. other people. Mm-hmm. A lot of those happening lately. I watched yeah. a couple of them tonight. and I've come to a realization that not everybody that has a camera should put it on YouTube. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't even say anything
1: to that. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's just Uh, that's just an observation, Uh, you know, and it's my personal opinion. So I've sent the hate mail to Jake. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll weed it out for you. And you know what? I'm spent. (sighs) You're spent. Now it's your guys' turn. What do you guys got for news? What do you got, Jake?
2: Um, let's see. The E6 E7 Torque Tube Conversion Kit is out. Yeah. Because. Well, that comes as a belt and they were talking about Torque tube, and finally it's out. So yeah. For those that have been waiting for that, that's awesome. I don't know. What do we think of
1: the what do we think of the torque tube on the E seven?
2: I haven't flown it. Got some big ass gears, I guess, but
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. It's two hundred dollars for the mm-hmm. conversion kit.
1: Does Nick have an opinion on the Torque tube on the E seven?
0: I think it's needed.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It'll
0: be it's It will really round out the model. How about that? I mean, it'll it will allow you to you know everyone to push it to the absolute maximum. And it, I mean, it was yeah, it's a good thing.
1: It's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Let's see. Hey, here's a bit of news for you. I learned something tonight. Did you know that Skookum is a brand or not a brand, but a breed of cat? I swear to God. Just a little bit of useless information for you. (laughs) Where in the heck did you find that? (laughs)
2: Seriously.
1: It's for real. Check it out. Google it. Google it. I dare you. Jake's Googling it right now. He's already started Googling it before I even.
2: No, I can't Google it. Otherwise, I'll drop our call and then, you know, my third world internet. Yeah,
1: Jake lives in the land of plenty over there. He's got good internet.
2: Uh, It's awesome. Yeah.
1: No, for real. It it is. Those, Those of you who don't believe me, go ahead and Google it.
2: If anybody wants to donate to me getting better internet, email me. Yeah, but you
1: better tell them how much that'll cost first, because that donation pile would have to be big.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it would. Last time I had them look at it, they wanted like $30,000 to bring it to our area. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm only three quarters of a mile from the end of the game. look at it this way, Jake.
1: If that dude down in Florida that killed that kid can get $200,000 donated to his PayPal account, why can't you get $30,000 donated to yours? True story. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Let's see. Oh, oh. Uh, so, Nick, what do you got for news, man? Anything cool and exciting happening?
0: Absolutely. On your line of the, uh, the odd cat naming, which is still just really <laughs> wrong that you know that, um, Skookum's got the new SK540 coming out. Yeah. Uh, I guess that what they did is they took all of the uh, accelerometers out of like the SK-720, lapped mm-hmm. in some new sensors in there, new 32-bit processor, packaged it all up in a nice little deal, and uh, I know Alvin's got it up here uh, across the border. He's testing it. Looks to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I'm looking so, at it right now. Kind of looks like a Red Beast X.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess you know, it's um didn't we talk should... about that like I don't know, two
1: episodes? Yeah, ago you just kinda of briefly mentioned it. Like oh, it was Google code. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> really go into and...
0: So it begins.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> hey uh someone sent me an email about um some stuff that we missed in the news. And like I said last week, if you really want heli news, you should probably just go find Go it. find it. <laughs> <laughs> So let me uh, pull up my email really fast.
3: You owe me a new nut.
1: I owe you a new nut? Yep. Um, What'd you do with the old one? <laughs>
2: you don't want to know. <laughs> All right. So my friend, I've told you about my friend Jeff a few times. He's messaging me right now, and he's talking about how when he tries, and tries to do TikToks, he mixes in aileron and starts kind of doing an arc while he's tick mm-hmm. and, uh, he goes, I figured out a solution for it. I'm
1: bored already, Jake.
2: Well, <laughs> he flies, he flies with no expo and he's like, I added like 20% expo and now I can do it fine.
1: Oh, well live and learn. Yeah. So I'll move on from that, uh, interruption, Jake, just,
2: yeah, well I had to throw it in there. Just
1: kind of laid down on all of us there. Um, so I mentioned earlier, I got an email from Reyes, and I'm mm-hmm. going to totally butcher his last name, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Canales? <laughs> uh, Canales? I, don't,
0: I don't even attempt it.
1: Yeah, it's like... It's Reyes. Reyes. We'll, okay, Reyes. We'll just leave Reyes C. Yep. We'll just call him C. RC. RC. There we go.
2: RC. There you go.
1: He said to me, he says... um, Man, you guys—you didn't even mention the new V-bar sensor that's going to be released in the summer. And I said, "Well, you mean what you meant to say is Jake mixed, missed it because V-bar is not my thing."
2: <laughs> yeah. And
1: then he also said something about let's see, Curtis Youngblood putting a new muffler out for the OS one hundred
0: and five MP seven,
1: what they're calling it. Yeah. So, are you the person that bought it? No. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> the V <So>, person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do know I do know the person that bought the 450 the Rave 450 I was one of them so I guess I know two people
0: did the, you see the new ballistic kit
1: the black one yeah is it going to be looks, all black
0: all it's black dude now. that is it, looked, it I looks, looks pretty sick
1: I would lose that helicopter in a New York second <laughs> that thing would just be in the ground instantly and let me tell you something about Curtis Youngblood helicopters
2: then it would be black and brown
1: now there's no question that in the right hands, these are fantastic, beautifully built machines. Put a Curtis Youngblood helicopter in the hands of someone who doesn't know how to fly, and you have a disaster waiting to happen. Especially read- on that 450. Because that thing, you breathe on it wrong, it breaks.
0: Yeah, I, I, I kind of might know that. <laughs> and the, the other one's not that much better. I, I re-kitted an ENV in my backyard. <laughs>
1: that would have been spectacular to see it
0: it was it was the truck or the heli and and the trucks were expensive so sure
1: sure it was a bad day i had a rave 450 and um i got like two flights on it i was just flying it here in the in the front well in the driveway and i just had a little bit of a bounce all the all the teeth in the front and rear <laughs> tube just like ate each other up. It's just like this. I mean, there's just like just consumption of gears. Right. And then nothing, nothing spinning. I mean, it just, it was incredible. I was like, wow. So, you know, if you know what you're doing, I suppose that's great. But if you're, if you don't and you're tapping tails and you're tapping tails, tapping tails, <laughs> tapping yes,
2: tails and buddy box, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I after a few after a few minor bumps and just major repairs, I was like, yeah, I'm sure it's a good helicopter, but it just breaks too easy for my liking.
0: So who's going to get the new XG8 radio?
1: Um nobody.
0: Nobody? Yeah.
1: No. Oh, the JR, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the with the new with protocol. The
0: MSS. The yeah. MSS. Yeah. That's right. But here's the kicker, and it is the part that makes it intriguing to me as that it's got telemetry with no external telemetry module. really yeah it does and all of the receivers are gonna have it it's like built into the little satellite portion of it
1: so uh, you may or may not recall this comment i made about jr stuff and i've got jr radios i got a, two jr helicopters um but i listened to an interview that dicey did with somebody from jr a long time ago and the guy said outright and this was somebody in the company said, "Yeah, we know not everybody is going to be able to afford a JR product. So does this heli- does this this radio fall into that category?
0: No, it does not. Really? So you get that, the the XG8 uh, with a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what channel. I'm assuming it's an A channel uh, for four eighty nine ninety nine.
1: So tell me this, what good is telemetry to those who are not flying gas or helicopters?
0: Uh, It would be the multi-rotor platform. Definitely benefits from it.
1: Okay, have you not been told of the hierarchy of (laughs) RC (laughs) aircraft?
2: Save it for last.
1: Multi-rotor helicopters or those types of platforms are very, very low on the list. So we, we don't talk about those a whole lot.
0: All right, all right. <laughs> I suppose if you're gonna go there, no, I'm. I'm just. I'm torn because this season will be. I need something new. I need something new. So, and I'm. I'm really. I'm pissed at Futaba. I have actual personal animosity towards Futaba. That, that the, really, it won't. It won't fit my hands. I pinch, uh, and I, I can't I, get my fingers between the switches
1: on. The you're time. a nipple pinch'er. I am. So. You know what? You know, I want to try Futaba, but for that very reason, I don't think I can, because I've got big hands, right? that's why I love my 9303. And that's also why I like the feel of the DX8, right? Because it's a big radio, right? It feels good in my hands.
0: But it didn't feel, it was just awkward. It was like a rubberized DX6i.
1: So because you've got uh, abnormally large hands, you have a personal vendetta against Futaba? Is that what you're telling (laughs) me?
0: No, I have, it's just the way, I must, I don't know, maybe I claw it or something.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, everybody's got that product that they, for whatever reason, it's personal. That's how I feel about compass helicopters. I just don't like them. I don't have a, I don't have a rational reason.
2: (laughs) Is that anything you do rational? No. I hang out with you, don't I? Exactly. No. Not lately. Been out flying and shit.
1: I'm stuck at uh, my desk. So are we done with news? You guys get Nick, you got any more news?
0: Align's got the new uh, they're their their oh I'll say it. I'll be the one to say it. Their new little stolen tail design they're coming out with on all of them. Who'd they copy? Uh KDE maybe. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're yep. I'd be I'd be pissed. But hey, you know, it's all a part of the the new, uh, we don't, nobody knows what they're calling it, actually going to call it yet, but the new T-Rex 700 that should be coming out this summer.
1: So tell me this, is the new T-Rex 700 going to be direct to swash? Yes, it is. It's about damn time.
0: High voltage servos, direct to swash. It should have the new 750 MX motor in it. Uh, a little more power out of that one.
1: Mm-hmm. And is that and, good up to 12-cell or can you run higher on that motor? Or do you know? Um, doo, 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 doo. Dude. Google it. Google it.
0: 50.4 volts. You're stuck at 12.
1: Okay. Not that I'll ever <laughs> go past that, but uh, you know that. I'm going to. Are you?
0: Absolutely. Um, so you're the
1: kind of guy that puts six cells on a 450? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with that?
0: Well, no, no, no. The Ministry Aircraft is coming out. Me being a whiplash guy, um, they're coming out with the 800 millimeter stretch kit for the Whippy. So. Daddy wants to go 14. Let in. me ask you this,
1: miniature <laughs> aircraft guy. Yeah. Why are they coming out with a stretch kit when they don't even have the gasser out? Did you know that I talked to Chris last uh, over, a, well, just about a year ago, and it was supposed to be out a month later. <laughs> so that's why, a good why, question. why are we worrying about a stretch kit when there's a bunch of us out here that are wanting the, the uh, whiplash gasser?
0: Yeah, I know. No answer, huh? I, I I got nothing. I got nothing. Hey, you know, at least they are moving forward. The nitro kits have shipped. I saw that. Yeah.
1: And it's cons- only thirteen months behind schedule.
0: Hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, I'm just giving. I'm just giving them shit. I mean, that, yeah. it's not easy to do what they do, and they want to put out something that's good. So you know.
0: From the U.S. too. That's a tough deal. It's not like they can just go hire more kids. Yeah, know? and I
1: don't know. Have you been over to, to yet? Have you been I over have there?
0: not. I'm stoked to go this year. I'm and really excited. That shop is teeny.
1: Jake's is bathroom is bigger. <laughs> and Jake's got a big bathroom. With or without
0: the stuffed animals. <laughs>
1: well, and the candy vending machine. Um, no, you know, they do what they can. It's a small, small company. So I, I like to poke a little fun every now and again but you know they do what they can and i you know i got i wanted the gasser and i was really excited and i got to watch it fly i watched bobby fly it last july and um he was pounding it i mean you you'd you'd be hard pressed to tell it was a gasser um Mm -hmm. until you really started focusing so that doesn't sound like a nitro but he was just beating the shit out of it so
0: i it i think it's going to be my first my virgin gasser your first yeah you're gonna you gonna
1: pop your cherry on the whiplash gasser
0: yeah, yeah. i am i've got being a nitro guy and you know, all i got some yeah, sure, management skills be yeah. sure you
1: have a bunch of moist towelettes <laughs> 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 and, and you know leave a tip on the nightstand yeah
0: absolutely
2: it's,
1: it's just it's uh it's just not it's not good mojo to not leave a tip good karma so what else we got for news
0: oh let's see we've got smack talk got the new one out yeah 24 on rotor blades.
1: yeah yeah i've actually had some pretty good conversations with Bert and bobby about rotor blades i actually learned quite a bit about them didn't realize there were you know the 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 weighing the, the center of gravity differences and all that i didn't realize there was so much involved in that process but you know
2: yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, i actually watched that episode already it's hey tell me this pretty good
1: uh do you fly you you do you fly Maverick blades right? I do.
0: Oh, they're awesome blades, aren't they? I really like.
1: Them. I do like those blades.
0: I do. I'm a. I like. I like wide cord blades. Mm-hmm. I always have. Um, you know, it's probably because I started flying nitros. It just wasn't. I like the pop that you get back out of them because you can't. You know, on a nitro you can't run that crazy crazy high head speed. So it's nice to be able to get the pop, and they auto like freaking rock
1: stars. Yeah.
0: That's, that's what they the tell
1: point. me, I don't know, but that's what they tell me.
0: <laughs> oh, You just wait.
1: <laughs> I'm afraid to actually hit that switch. I mean, I do them on the sim all the time, and I, I've done a few forced autos. And Well,
0: you know what's cool about buddy boxing?
1: Yeah, you get to you, do them.
0: You don't have control over that.
1: Oh, I never thought about that.
0: Yeah, so we'll just put uh-huh. you on the buddy box and then, you know, set a couple pairs of underwear there and go for it. <laughs>
1: Dude, I'll just, uh, you know, I I, sit, I have to fly sitting down, so we'll just lay some towels on my seat.
0: There, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll
1: be good. We'll be good to go. No.
0: Yeah, and they they are the, in my opinion, they're the, they're the blades to do it. I just was just through recently one of the local guys here, um, working with him on autos. Like within the last three weeks, he's done all of his first, and he put on some. He was running those cheap. 3D 600 millimeter ones mm-hmm. and he learned on them and it, you know, it got him past that. And then we put through some Mavericks on there and it was, it was just giddy. as a school girl. Yeah. The hang times. It's just retarded. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. I've done a few, <laughs> I, I've done a few, uh, forced autos. So, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I could do it. And I just, I just have this something in my mind says, dude, why are you tempting fate? Why are, I mean, if you have to do it, you've done it. Um, but why take it up there and shut the motor off? <laughs> why are you doing that?
0: Well, why fly inverted? Because you it can and it's fun. It, it's a whole extra element to your flight.
1: You don't, know, you
0: already get the enjoyment out of 5 minutes or 6 minutes or whatever of flying. There's it's one, like the cherry on top. If there's top.
1: one thing you're going to learn, Nick, don't don't you don't throw logic at me. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't get you anywhere. Practical ask, thing. <laughs> ask Jake Jake is probably the most logical person I know. And it just doesn't, uh-huh. doesn't get him anywhere. So do you got any more news or should we move yeah. on?
0: That's it. Let's move on.
1: We, um, I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, we had a guy on, Phil, from RCL Collective. And I would tell you his last name, but I'll mess it up. So I just won't go there. It's like Luma or something like that. So I'm not sure. But anyway, Phil was on. We uh, had a small discussion about... Nitro stuff and uh, we're going to go and play that now and then when we get back since we have Nick with us we're going to go ahead and kind of delve a little bit deeper into the Nitro subject so we will be right back
2: cue the talking stuff
1: it's just so much better when Rob does it (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) hi this is Courtney from South Florida And you're listening to RC Nation. Lock it in and rip the knob off.
4: So have either of you messed with Nitro helicopters or airplanes?
1: That's pretty much all I have. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Jake Jake knows a little bit about Nitro. A
4: little bit. Yeah, when I started this hobby and uh, I was into helicopters and pretty much on my own for about the first 12 months... um, And being a uh, residential metal roofer, I was contracted to do a roof right next to one of the local airfields. And so while I was waiting for the ice to thaw on the roof, I could look over and see all these airplanes taking off just on the other side of the hill. So I'd start going down there and started talking with all the uh, old retired boys down there. And they got me into airplanes as well as helicopters. So... It's predominantly an airplane field. I started out with a couple of electrics and kind of showed them that I could fly. You know, It's really easy for a helicopter guy to transition over to airplanes, so I picked it up really fast. Yes. And uh, all these guys, they've got 30 to 40 airplanes in the garage. They hardly fly four of them in in a year most of the time, so they started handing me down different airplanes, and one of the guys was really adamant about getting me into Nitro. So actually, my first Nitro about a year ago was in an airplane. Very nice. It was uh, nice. yeah, a great planes nitro revolver with a Magnum XLS 52 engine. So a little single needle carb and, uh, uh, lots of power for that airframe, but the airframe was too fast for the airfield that I was at and it kept overshooting the runway.
1: So I wanted to, uh, before we get to, you know, get going to into this, uh, too far into this interview, you know, I mentioned that, uh, we, we were going to try to get you on like a couple weeks ago and it just didn't mm-hmm. work out. And I told Jake, uh, and Rob was with us then as well. And I told Jake, I said, hey, uh, you know, get some nitro stuff uh, ready. Get some questions ready. And he, when he found out you weren't going to be there, he's was like, oh, man, I took a bath in nitro for nothing.
2: <laughs> That's right.
1: So, Jake, did you did you do the nitro bath tonight or?
2: No. You know, not it's not nice.
1: cologne. It's not really good for cologne. You know that, right? Chicks don't dig that smell as much as some we like them it.
2: Some of them do. Some of them do. What? Maybe I'm making it up. I don't that's
1: know. That's
4: a very selective. I mean, there's an exception to every rule, just to prove the rule right. But
1: that's a far fetched <laughs> exception. <I> would, <laughs> it would be awesome, though, wouldn't it? it? Would be awesome. So anyway, let's let's get back into the nitro stuff. So let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on. There's some questions some guys have about running in their nitro engine. So we've got a new we've got a new motor and it's in a heli. Mm-hmm. What, what are your procedures? What do you do when you got a, a new motor and you want to get it broke in properly? What do you do?
4: Well, um, I ran into this because I the first Nitro 600 that I traded for had a relatively fresh engine in it, but this is when I was completely new to pulling anything apart, not wanting to check the motor per se, You know, taking the other owner's word on it that it was still running and in good shape the last time he flew it. But he only flew it a handful of times over the course of an entire year. So when it got to me, I'm assuming that there was corrosion on the bearings. Mm-hmm. So when I tried to do some tuning... Um, I had a bearing failure in flight, and it ran through the motor and took out the piston, the ring, the uh, connecting rod. It took out the front, and, or the front and rear bearings. So I basically destroyed this whole entire Nitro engine, my first helicopter. I had about 10 flights on it before that, but it just went mid-flight. So I had to rebuild it. So I did a complete rebuild, um, the piston, the ring, the sl- and the connecting rod, and then the front and rear bearings. Mm-hmm. Um, took a bunch of uh, advice from different people on how to disassemble an engine, you know, being really cautious and not trying to do anything uh, to damage it. When I went to do the run-in, I had the needles set at their factory settings, two turns out on both, and just made hover flights, making sure that everything was good. After about three flights, I started tuning it down a little bit and just kind of just gave her hell.
3: Yeah.
4: I uh, just went to town. I mean, if it was going to fail, then it was going to fail. I mean, I'm hearing that the the break-in, the slow, methodical treat—you know—gallons of fuel to break things in. You know, was probably something with the other style of piston sleeves
1: that were somewhat cylindrical, where the piston had to wear itself into the. Sleeves. Yeah, the ABCs. Yeah.
4: And uh, now with these nickel-hardened uh, cylinder sleeves, it's really ready to go out of the box as long as you have enough uh, lubrication in there.
1: Well, there's a couple things I there's a couple things I like to keep in mind when i'm doing that now i kind of i'm not along the same lines what i do is i you know i I don't i just hover i'll do a few pitch pumps just to load the engine up a little bit but there's something there's one thing that you need to keep in mind uh when you are breaking that in is you can't run it too rich because if the engine doesn't get to a, a proper operating temperature the ring won't seat properly
4: right and that's also dependent on how hard you fly it. If you're stuck in a hover at two turns out on both jets, it's never going to get above 130 degrees or so. You know, you need to fly it around, generate the heat to the motor, and like you say, seat the ring and make sure everything's going to sit. But I basically tried flying it as hard as I could at those needle settings at three flights in and just have gone strong ever since.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I do. I mean, it's really not rocket science. And I remember, you know, I don't know if you ever dealt with RC cars you know all the all the ownerators all the uh, ownerators <laughs> the operators manuals you know they, they're telling you to go ahead of course these are a different motor too we got to keep that in mind these are ABC motors as opposed to ringed motors you know but they they put them in and uh you know put a fuel a tank fuel in there and just let it idle idle for two or three tanks and then you know slowly blurp the the throttle loading it up occasionally uh,
4: yeah, I- most of the helicopter uh, nitro engines are all the the Hardened cylinder sleeps
3: right,
4: right. So it's really not such a thing it's not as critical of a thing to let it idle for half an hour let it idle through three tanks go through a setup pro- procedure for an entire gallon
3: right
4: once you once you get everything seated and you know that it's going to hold up for at least two flights, you're ready to start tuning and go for it. I mean don't go ballistic and go for 200 degree temperatures on your third run, but um, you can really just go right out of the box.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's a good, you know, and it's, it's funny, you know, when, uh, here recently, well, the new, the Raptor, I, uh, you know, I just put the Raptor together with the new motor and I was out there and, uh, some of the plant guys, you know, most of those guys, they'll put the motors on, uh, on the stands, right. And they'll run them yeah. in on the stands. Well, that's a little different because the, the engine does get a load. Obviously there's been a prop and all that stuff, but they looked and at me. There's
4: quite a bit of the airplane engines that are still non Yeah
1: Well, yeah, exactly. That's true. That is true. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But they look at me cross-eyed when they're like, you're not going to do anything with that? You're just going to put it in the helicopter and fly it? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so.
4: a, I've noticed a lot of the Plank guys, uh, at least the the older retired boys, that um, the, their tuning is not always proper, and so they have a lot of flameouts. They have a lot of dead sticks in the airplanes, more so than I ever see in the helicopter community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So now that we've talked a little bit about the break-in stuff, um, I'd like, you know, here – well, for me, tuning was kind of a mystery, especially for a helicopter at first, but
4: after... Yeah, when my, my bearing exploded in flight, I thought it was because that was the first time that I decided to touch the needle jets, and then it exploded. So I thought I did a real bad thing and screwed it up somehow, but, you know, all of my settings were within range and within spec, but it was one that w- it was not properly stored.
3: Right, right. So... Well,
4: what I've ever done since then is every time I shut off or end a flight, I always pinch off my fuel line and fire it back up and let it run itself completely out of fuel. That's
1: well, a good thing you mentioned that because that is something we want to go into next. Uh, but let's first talk about uh, tuning, just specifically tuning. Now, for a lot of new nitro people, and and frankly, for a lot of people that just have skipped nitro altogether and went straight to electric, you know, they just the the thought of tuning just it just it's like you know. I'd rather have a hole in my head than try to figure out how to do this. But see, when I was first into the nitro helicopters, tuning was an issue. I mean I I I tried to I had to tune by temperature, but I as I noticed as you start to fly and you get more familiar with the nitro engine, tuning really can be done easily by ear. I mean it's real easy for me now to listen and and just decide whether the engine's a little angry or a little cool.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, it'll it'll have a much deeper tone if it's rich and a much higher end uh raspy tone if it's lean.
1: yeah and that's just i guess you know that's not really something you can teach somebody that's something they need to experience
4: yeah Yeah. my first helicopter was an os 55 uh, hzr or hz not the r not the pumps and it had the two needle valve adjustments um so i was trained by a guy at a funfly on how to properly tune those or what to listen for when tuning Mm -hmm. and it Kind of breaks it down really simply. I mean, most of those two-needle carbs, they start at two turns out to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then he said, get it up and firing. And most of them will run at that setting. It'll it'll be a little bit rich, and it'll be a little hard, you know, throaty to get it up to a hover the first time. But if you can get her up into the air, unless you really jam the sticks, it's not going to die. So you get her up into a hover, and you fly her around for a minute or so and warm up the engine however you can. Get it to a decent temperature and come down and set it down right in front of you and let the motor come down to about an idle. When the blades are still somewhat spinning, just blip the throttle up to a half throttle and back to idle. If it dies, you're too rich. Mm. So what you do is you keep turning in the mid-needle, which is the shorter of the two, just blipping that throttle up to half throttle and back, just listening to that sound, hoping to get kind of a a chainsaw reaction, just an instant throttle response. And that's how you set the mid-needle. Then you take it back up, you fly it around, make sure she's still warm, and as you go for a couple of climb-outs, if you're... Bogging your head speed in the climb out, then that means your high needle, the long one, is too rich, and you turn that one in a little bit. So you want to get a nice, even, smooth climb ratio where it's not bogging the head speed or picking up head speed, and that's going to be where you want to have your uh, your high needles just outside of that bog turned into the lean side.
1: I gotta be honest with you, I don't have any two needle carbs, and um, I did. I did for a while. I had a 91HZ and a Kasama and i never really felt at that time like i actually had that thing tuned because there was just a bit of confusion as far as making sure the two needles were balanced and everything was was nice and you know from what i've
4: heard from all of the pros that i've talked to about the nitro engines is the idle jet which is a little flathead slotted screw yeah leave that at the factory settings and really don't touch it that's it creates more headache when guys try messing with that than anything else. So if you leave it at the factory settings, it's not going to damage your engine or hurt anything other than what you do to the other other jets.
2: And I was just going to ask that. I can never get them to idle, right?
1: That That's another good point, too. And and here's a problem that I'm actually having now with my 600. And, um, well, it's not really a problem. It's just more of a something I have to do. Now, so let's say, uh, you know, I start the motor. You the OS-50 in your 600? Yeah, I got the OS-50, Hyper. And so... I started up, and uh, why you know I've got the um, that two and one on it, right? So yep. it the the glow plug does stay warm, and it idles seem seemingly beautiful, obviously because you know the, the glow plug
4: I believe it stays on for ten or twelve seconds after you touch
1: it. Right. So let's say after that goes off, you can kind of hear it struggling a little bit. But here's 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 where I'm not sure which needle I need to tune. Now when I'm in the air and I'm flying, I've you know I feel like I've got a good tune. It, it's it sounds nice. It's uh. It's not angry. It's not bogging. However, that initial uh, spool up, if if I'm not careful, and I mean careful, I'm not talking, I mean, I really have to be gentle with the first 10% of the travel, right? Or mm-hmm. It just dies. And I always figured that that's because my idle screw, that flat screw you were talking about, was just a tad too rich.
4: And you know, you really have to kind of coerce those single needle or single adjustment carbs a little bit because... The point of having the two needles is having the mid and the high, so you can tune for that range that you're fighting right now. Right. So, when you find yourself in a good balance on that one needle that you're adjusting, the high needle, and you have good power and you have good smoke and you're flying good and it's not, you know, bogging on you and it's not too raspy or hot on you, that transition period when the motor is still cold for your first pull up, that's just something that you kind of have to feather the, the throttle, kind of blip it up and down a little bit as needed to keep the proper. Uh, air-to-fuel ratio or whatever mixture you're trying to get there to allow it to ramp up properly. Right. But once it's warm, I bet you if you were to do that after a minute or two of flying, it's probably a lot easier to get past that point.
1: Let's say it isn't because it isn't. I mean, I still, every time <laughs> I start up, whether, because sometimes, well, generally I don't fly back-to-back. I'll give you that. So there does, the engine does cool down. But occasionally I'll literally full up and go again. And still, I'm still having this issue.
4: Uh, all of those idle jets, the, the little flathead slotted ones that I've had on any motor of mine, are all set at the factory 50%, and that's pretty much where they set them
1: all. So maybe what I'm doing, uh, without knowing it, is maybe maybe my overall tune is still a little too rich, do you think?
4: Uh, that's possible. But it, it with the single adjustment, see, if you eliminate that idle jet out of the equation and, and just purposely decide not to mess with that from the factory settings, right? then you only have one more jet to mess with. So if you're getting good flight characteristics, good power on a pullout, and just, you're not fogging.
1: Just deal with it. <laughs> you're telling me just to deal with it, essentially. And it's not that big of an issue. I mean, I, I, it's not like I have to do the walk shame. I mean, I, I've gotten really good at just kind of, like you said, feathering it up and and not having any issues with it. So
4: Yeah. And I, I've gotten into a lot of night flying lately, and I noticed that in those extreme colder temperatures, even on my two-needle jet that I have to adjust, I still get that first spool up. I'm being a little cautious on it.
1: Yeah, that and you know what? And that I, I, I just assumed, and i never m- messed with that idle screw because, like you, you know, like you said, I've talked to people, and they've also just leave, leave that one alone. You are you, you know, probably well, just gonna I, make things. What got
4: think also is that the main jets you're moving them, you know, a, a click, two clicks, maybe even more at a time, depending on how where you're close to your settings. But that little tiny idle jet is very minimal, like incremental five degree movements at most is what they suggest in the manual. Yeah. So any tiny movement—if you were to move it, you know, 15 minutes on a, on a clock dial, you know, it would be yeah, a, a big difference.
1: Yeah, and I know you know not to switch over to gassers, but I know gassers are the same way. When you're adjusting, when you're adjusting, literally, it's the thickness of the screwdriver that you're using to turn. Uh, turn the, the dial with, that is exactly how much you want to move it. You can't move those those needles very much, but that's a that's a whole other topic.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, if you have an OS-50 with, uh, the, leave the factory idle jet at the 50%, you know, put it at the 50% of its movable travel, and that's where the factory likes it, mm-hmm. and then you have that one other needle to adjust with. I mean, I think you started out at two turns. Is that right for the 50
1: you know, I don't generally because st- that's for my elevation. I found that's that's too rich. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm getting a new motor, I always uh, started at just maybe a, a a hair over a quarter and three or, or one and three quarters. Yeah, but that's just yeah, and for and the- As you
4: as you get to, to experiencing this, I mean, don't be afraid of adjusting these needles and hearing what it does. I mean, if you if you make incremental small mo- adjustments on those needles, you're not going to have a catastrophic failure your next flight.
1: But so- on that same note. On that same note, just just for those of you who are doing the nitro and you're curious, when you're when you're adjusting the tuning, if you do small movements, you may not even notice a difference. So, uh, what I do anyway, if I'm if I think I need to go lean, I always kind of over exaggerate the lean, uh, and I'm not talking about by, by a ton, right? Instead, if if I'm thinking it's two clicks lean or whatever, I might go forward just so I can definitely tell there's a difference, and then I'll bring it back maybe two clicks.
4: Uh, one of the things that uh one of the pro pilots told me is that if you are tuning the two needle carb, which is the, the 55 and uh, the OS 55, that when you're doing your long pullout, if you were to hit throttle hold, it should come right back off the pipe. If it seems to kind of ring, ding, 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 kind of like a two stroke motorcycle, that means it's revving up and it's lean right when you hit throttle hold.
3: Okay. So
4: I'm not as proficient with wanting to go 200 feet up in a full climb and then instantly hitting throttle hold. So at the time when I was learning all of these moves, I was just doing the little four-foot auto right in front of me. So, so it's, I'd bring it in and hot and click the throttle hold, and i just listen to it. And it would ramp up when I would want to do that little throttle blip. It would ramp right up to speed. It had good smoke. And every time I hit throttle hold, it would instantly come back down.
1: Okay. Well, when I do throttle hold, it instantly comes right back down. I mean, it, it there's no – I mean, it just – yeah. So – let, let's, uh, if,
4: if they ever do get hot from a lean situation, you know, say the, the pipe bolts start to loosen up and you start getting a lean run. I mean, because you have to keep your pipe tight, right? And the best way to do that is on your first run after doing any adjustments on the pipe while it's hot, tighten it one more time, exactly. and that'll pretty much hold it in place from
1: then on. Yeah, that's that's good advice. So, you know, for guys that are, and Jake is probably familiar with this one because I think even the plane guys do this. You know, it's just kind of that if you're not real sure what you're doing, you've heard people say, pinch that that line off and, and you know, count to what three and, yep. and it should shut down after that point. If you have to count further than three, then it might be too rich or if it shuts off before that, you're probably too lean.
4: Yeah. I do remember hearing that, but that's not something I use to uh, <laughs> <tune> my engines.
1: <laughs> you know, I think let me, for those of you who are new to nitro or you're thinking about nitro and you don't have anyone to help you tune, I can tell you that although that may not be ideal, um, and you don't have any other recourse, uh, you know, let's say you're a new pilot and you're not comfortable doing the things with the helicopter that maybe you're seeing people doing tuning videos are doing, You that is fairly reliable. I, I mean, it's not going to be exact, but- uh, It'll
2: get you in the ballpark.
1: And, and let me also emphasize this. In question, always run rich. If you think you're lean, take it rich because you'll kill a motor if you go lean. Not good to run a motor overly so rich, rich.
4: It'll die on you in the worst case scenario, but it won't kill the motor or
1: exactly. It. It's not good to run a motor overly rich, but it's much better than running a motor overly lean. That's you know.
4: And one telltale sign, as I was dealing, I had a, a muffler that was losing its baffle inside, and so it was screwing up all of my tuning and running lean and having other issues. Mm-hmm. And it kept turning the tips of my glow plugs white.
3: Ah,
4: okay. so it almost mm-hmm. like Overheat them, and it would almost stretch to the point where only the bottom coils were even glowing orange. If you put them on an external glow driver, right. but the tops of those glow uh, glow plugs were turning white.
1: Right, right, right.
4: If there's something you could look up for the cliff notes at the end, try and find out how long that pinch method is actually for. Cause I do that now to all of my, at the end of my runs, I'll I'll pinch off my fuel line with my aligned pincher and I'll just let it run till it dies. But it definitely
1: takes longer than three seconds. I remember it's been a long time, but I was on Skype one night and I was having a conversation with Finless Bob and we were talking about that exact thing as opposed to using after run oil, you know, cleaning the motor out by pinching the line. Now he didn't really say, he didn't want to commit in that conversation to me, which one is the right way to do it. Um, but I have thoughts on that and I'll tell you, there's something about consistently, uh, there's probably gonna be a lot of people that disagree with this, but that that's fine (laughs) because it's my motor and if I break it, I'll replace it. But I don't do that. And the reason I don't do that is because consistently you're running the the motor lean. And at that point there's no lubrication. I, I understand. I understand the theory behind doing it because you're getting all the motor, all the fuel out of the motor thereby prolonging the life of your bearings because there's no condensation, yada, yada. I get that. I understand that. Um, I used cool power for a long time. They claim you don't need to use after run oil. I've, I got to tell you, in three years of running Nitro, I've replaced bearings just because I was rebuilding a motor. Or preventive maintenance. Yeah, I just, I, I was, I actually had a piston in my Vibe 50 brake in flight and, um, and burn a hole in the top or something? No, dude, I, I've got a picture of it. Maybe I'll try to find that picture. I think it's in my photo album, my uh, uh, photo bucket album, but it's just literally the piston broke. The top half of it broke. I mean, just you can just it just broke off. Uh, the motor instantly quit, uh, obviously. And um, in the process of rebuilding that motor, I swapped out the bearings. They looked fine. I, I didn't, I, I probably could have got away with it, but then I was thinking, well, what if there's some metal shavings in there? Because obviously there was loose metal in the motor. So I I did do that. I've got sets of bearings here in my you know in my parts bin, with the express purpose of you know I, I'm assuming the way I run things that I'm probably gonna end up having a you know a seized bearing or a bearing going out because I don't do that and I don't use after run oil either.
4: You know I've also heard from a lot of guys it depends on how often you fly or if you're planning on storing your motor over a certain period of time. If you get to your helicopter and you fly it at the worst case scenario, once a month, you're still probably within the okay range. You're not going to have any buildup or corrosion or moisture that's getting in there. Um, I fly yeah. mine pretty regularly, pretty much year round so far. So I have never done after on oil myself either. Yeah. Um, I put an additive into, I have a couple of nitro airplanes too. And I put uh, castor oil, three ounces of sure. castor oil into a gallon of cool power. That's just what I do for them, but I don't fly them as much as I do my helicopters.
1: So you know what else I do, and uh, Jake actually was a little surprised when I told him I did this, when I know that, you know, here in the winter, I don't like going out in the cold, so I don't. Um, But what I do instead of, and it's essentially the same thing as after-run, but I put a little automatic transmission fluid. I've heard of that. Yeah, and what it does is it simply coats all, everything... And it keeps the, uh, if condensation happens, it keeps it off. Yeah, well, it keeps it from, uh, you know, rusting up your, your bearings and whatnot.
4: I've also heard people using either that or uh, Marvel's Mystery Oil, yeah. or a combination of the two. Right, right. Um, and I've also heard of other people who flip the helicopter over, pull the inspection plate and drop it in that way every time. You know That's the, a little bit more work than <laughs> I get into.
1: <laughs> you know, the reason I do the, the automatic transmission fluid, and some of you guys who uh, maybe grew up on a farm might remember this and I don't know if, if people are doing it now, but, um, we had a bunch of old tractors and my grandpa had this process where he would open up the head, right? He would take the head off of, off of the motor and drop the oil pan, put a big, uh, you know, some type of collector pan underneath. And he would, he would literally just pour automatic transmission fluid on the top of the head. Right. And he would let it, Just drain out of there over the course of a day. And, um, thinner and less
4: viscous than oil, right? So it seeps (laughs) through all the cracks and grannies and
1: gets through everything. Yeah. You know, in my mind, what he was doing, because I guess I never really, you know, when grandpa does something, it's right. You know what I mean? We all (laughs) all know how that is. (laughs) That's Uh, right. So, um, in my mind, I was thinking what he was doing was just cleaning, like, uh, you know, just, just getting like maybe some residual metal shavings out of everything and it just cleaned everything out. I, I don't really know, but I can tell you this that a tractor that was running shitty after he did this and of course there was probably more to it uh, as far as what he did. He always it always seemed to make it work. So anyway that's where I got that from and, that, and and I've also seen it I'm not telling you that the you know this was an original idea based on what I've seen I've seen other people talk about it on the forums.
4: So do you try to pour it down the mouth of the carburetor after every flight?
1: No, no, I don't. Uh, shit, no. Yeah, too, <laughs> how are you going to get to that mouth of
4: that carburetor? It's kind of hard to get
1: to. No, the only time I do that is let's say it's late October, early November, maybe as late as uh, oh, winter winterizing. Yeah, and I know that uh, I know that there's a high likelihood that I'm not going to get this helicopter out until a month or two or three. I may get it. The, the beauty of it is you put just a little bit in there. And uh, you can flush it out really easy with a little. I mean, it literally, you, you can. It's it doesn't. You know, it's essentially like after an oil. It's uh, it, it's not going to cause any starting problems. Um, yeah, it'll blow out pretty quick. Yeah, it's not. It's not a problem. And you know, it's it's pretty easy. And I have
4: heard from uh, some trusted pro guys that I've talked to that uh, the OS engines. I mean, we demand a lot out of these engines, performance wise. We want them to fire up every time. We want them to run performance every time. We put them through hell. You know. And he said, for the amount of flying that we do, what I mean, however much you run that motor, he swaps his bearings twice a year. Once at the beginning of summer season, once, you know, beginning of winter season, depending on where he's going, what he's doing. Yeah. But preventive maintenance, twice a year, do those bearings because it's cheaper to do that twice a year than it is to rebuild an engine once a
1: year. Well, let me give you my thoughts on that. And I can appreciate that. And I can see guys like Burt Gammer and Bobby Watts and these guys that are constantly running that engine on the absolute edge, right? Mm-hmm. But for guys like me who are doing 49 degree hovers, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I'm not demanding that that motor perform to its absolute peak. So I always err on the side of rich.
4: Then again, as you're trying to test your tuning skills, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a few lean runs in there as well.
1: But you know, I don't really push it too hard. I, I, um, all I, I'll, I've been known to, uh, bitch about a motor being too rich for like two weeks (laughs) before I finally decide to take it a click or two in.
4: The time will come, young Padawan. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I suppose. You just don't. You just don't need the performance when you're doing 49 degree hovers. One thing I I kind of remember what I wanted to talk about. You know, nitro kind of goes along with, uh, you know, the the 20, 30 percent, and all that good stuff. Um, What what uh, what are you flying? Are you flying? I've only
4: ever run 30 percent. I figured I wanted to get the most performance out of my helicopters as I could from the get go and. You know, trying to switch between the two. I mean, everything, every brand has a different consistency and might require a little different tune and as well as whatever percentage of nitro you run. So it's like the equivalent of having a low C discharge battery or a high C discharge battery. It's when you want that power, it's there. But if you're just hovering, you're not necessarily going to burn up more fuel because it's the higher percent. I mean, not enough to make a difference. Right. So I just went straight to the 30%. You know, I, I, ever-
1: I did that as well. Um, but then I switched to 20% and, um, you know, I got to tell you, um, now n- if I switched back to 30, which actually when I'm done with the fuel that I have now, uh, I've got like three cases left. So maybe another month and a half or so. Three cases? Yeah.
2: <laughs> cases, <Goodness>. yes.
1: <laughs> I buy six cases at a time when I buy fuel. Holy cow. So- I a,
4: uh uh, local hobby shop that sells uh, Cool Power for a decent price I a w- gallon of time
1: How much? How much is it?
4: 28.
1: Oh dude. Here. Here uh the the last time I checked Cool Power was $48 a gallon.
4: It's
1: 28.99 for Cool Power 30%. <sighs> That's nice. That's beautiful. Yeah, I'd, I'd be probably flying that if that were the price here, but it's not. So you know, I, what, what I guess what I'm getting at is um, when I made that switch, you know, I flew for a long time. Um, I've been flying for uh, going on four years. But I would have to say that, you know, I didn't really fly my helicopters for the first three years. I, I just dabbled with them. I was more – I loved to build. I was – I bought so many helicopters and built so many helicopters. But I was, uh, you know, here by myself – Kind of afraid to really explore the envelope of what a helicopter can do. I mean, I saw the videos and and um I just didn't have the confidence. Uh, but as of the last year, I've noticed a tremendous increase in my ability to fly. I I have to think that if I were to try thirty percent now, I would probably notice. I probably would notice the difference. Now notice the difference. But but when I when I made the switch, I was like, what's the? I don't get it. What's the deal? Why am I paying? all this more for the 30% when there's really no difference. But I, you know, I'm thinking that, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking that now I probably would notice the difference. And yeah,
4: also the that last leads me th- or five months. My moves have really, you know, kicked up a notch. So I'm really trying to figure out, I'm actually thinking that I need to go a little more on the lean side, a little more to that performance edge of my helicopter to get more out of it.
1: Yeah. But you're just a young guy with quick reflexes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, I do. I'm afflicted <laughs> by that, but, uh, I'm also, you know, my OS 55 is on my night shift. So it's got the extra weight of battery, got the extra drag on the blades from my custom night blades and the extra batteries that I put on there, the one cell. So I've got all this weight and drag induced on this helicopter that I'm also trying to get the top performance out of.
1: Let me also, you know, before we wrap this interview up, let me talk, well, let's talk a little bit about mufflers. Now, I have an experience that actually really amazed me and it just recently happened. I had, uh, I had just a stock align muffler on that 600 for the longest time. I, you know, you, I've heard, I heard all the stories. Oh, mufflers make all the difference in the world, yada, yada. I just, I wasn't, in my mind, it just was, well, okay, maybe it does, but I'm sure the difference isn't that big. Well, this, but it is. this, yeah, I mean, I, this align muffler started going bad. The, the baffles started, uh, like you said earlier, you know, that it was causing uh, air issues that wasn't getting the airflow, right? So I went ahead and I called uh, up to Helipro's, and uh, at that particular time, they were out of stock of the aligned mufflers. Because I was just going to get another inline muffler, I didn't know any better. They had a Hatori in stock, and I said, "Ah, what the hell? Send it, send it here, right?" I put that Hatori on that 50, and um, I instantly felt and experienced the power increase was just dramatic. It wasn't just subtle. Little difference. That helicopter was a whole new helicopter with just the addition of a better muffler.
4: My background has a lot of motocross in it, so I know full well that pipes make a big difference.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. I, I you know, the, you hear people talking about matching this muffler to that motor, and this muffler works best with that motor, and I just thought it was, you know, it's kind of, you know, I, I kind of constantly go back to the whole servo thing right it's marketing it's marketing right mm-hmm. that's, but no it really for you guys out there that are wondering yeah it does make a big big difference most of you yeah, out there already a, know that i mean that's no started sh-
4: with an outrage pipe on my os50 went to an mp5 and then i got a os55 with a power boost um, and then i sold and traded that one off now i've got an os55 hcr with a upgraded uh, pumped carburetor on it mm-hmm. the 61l that goes on the os91 and that thing is a powerhouse. It's like putting fuel injection on a on a nitro motor. <laughs> and that one's running the Hatori.
1: Yeah, so. that that Hatori, that I'm really pleased with that. In fact, uh, I actually, in my Vibe 50, had a Hatori on it. But you know, I guess it was kind of an apples and oranges thing. I didn't really, you know, I always flew the Vibe with a Hatori, so I it's not like I downgraded to a different pipe or tried different pipes with it.
4: Yeah, so I've been very pleased with uh, with that setup. I don't exactly have the play cash to go attempt to try a different one just to see how it feels i mean all the rest of my money goes into other things
1: but hookers
4: no 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 (laughs) (laughs) just
1: just checking (laughs) well phil it's been personal hobbies there uh, hey man don't judge me don't judge me (laughs) well phil it's been a pleasure having you on man Uh, thanks for spending a little bit of time with us and talking about your nitro stuff you know I, uh, I wanted to get somebody on that has experience with Nitro because these guys, Rob and Jake, geez, man, you start talking Nitro and they I start to get buggy and they start zoning out.
4: Yeah, don't be afraid right. to mess with the tuning and learn what they do. Don't be afraid to pull the motors apart and see how they work and make sure everything's in tip top shape. And if it starts to look like um, you're getting scoring on the cylinder or the bearings might feel a little bad, Swap those out before it destroys the uh, the rest of the engine. I mean, I yep. once won on eBay uh, set a set of bearings for an OS55 for $1. seven with $4 shipping.
1: Very nice, because those are not cheap if you buy them from the hobby shop. Well, they're not expensive. I mean, you know, they're not horribly expensive, but...
2: Right. So I have one question.
1: What's your question, Jake?
2: Who's going to donate a Nitro helicopter to me?
1: Jake, I tell you what. You send me your Goblin, and I'll send you a Raptor 30. <laughs>
2: good trade. I trade. don't think that's fair.
1: <laughs> no, let me leave you guys with this uh parting kind of a thought here. You know, um we I love electric helicopters and there's no question that they have a ton of power, but when it comes right down to it, nothing beats the coolness of a nitro heli. It's just the smoke, the sound.
2: I've always been a fan of the smell. It's
1: just awesome. It, and so There's no question. I mean, you fly an electric helicopter and then you fly the same type of helicopter with a nitro and uh, you're going to notice. But, you know, when you're doing big air and you don't have that little trail of smoke, that's just (laughs) that's just not cool.
4: Got a quick question for you, Dan. Have you ever uh, done any research or had a throttle return spring for your nitro?
1: You know what? I've seen uh, I've seen that crackhead guy talk about it all the time.
4: That's something that I've done. And it has actually saved me that 70 cents worth of a spring saved my helicopter. I was down at a fun fly in Malala, Oregon. It was a Brooks fun fly that they were putting on for him. Uh, this was the first time that I'd gotten my night flyer out. I mean, all day long I was trying to test it and one of my wire connections would break and something would go dark. So I'd have to resolder it all day long. Well, all through all of that and all the excitement of being at this fun fly and getting to show off my skills, night flying, um, I forgot that I was running my Life a battery dead. <laughs> so yeah. in flight, mid loop, inverted, it died. Like the the receiver browned out, the battery died, and that throttle return spring killed the motor. And at that time, it had just enough power to reboot and allow me to safely auto for that quick, you know, two three seconds to get it down to the ground and get it to auto. I missed the fence by four feet and saved the entire helicopter.
1: You know what? I- I'm not going to deny that, but I refuse to participate.
4: You don't think there's as much stress as on cyberportain servos?
1: No, or tail y- no I'm, I'm not. You know what? I I don't really have an opinion on it, but um, you won't find any of those springs on my nitro Uh And you know, and it's not. I don't know. I just I don't I don't have a good reason for not doing it. I really don't. Um, I just
4: i had heard a couple of horror stories of runaways. You know, a receiver pack ejects out of a helicopter that somebody's flying without a canopy for testing purposes, and away it keeps going. So it was something that I. Well, you know, maybe
1: if if maybe if Rob had one of those on his little Kyosho thirty <laughs> when it flew away, maybe his wouldn't have went that. F- In fact, it would have because his link broke, right? His linkage broke.
2: Yeah, his link broke. Yep.
1: So link off of the throttle arm. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's 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 get the story completely straight. He actually did a pre flight and noticed that the uh, link itself was cracked and decided to fly anyway. Of course, this was way back, you know, way 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 back when, uh, you know. Long, I mean, long, long, when you first, first flight on a helicopter years and years and years ago. But So, Jake, oh, what do you think? Should I put a spring on my throttle?
2: I don't see why not.
1: <sighs> you're supposed not going to gonna hurt anything. You're supposed to say no, man. Come on. All right. To...
2: Well, let me
4: put it this
1: way. It's,
2: system it's, next okay. time. It, it wasn't a helicopter, but a buddy of mine has, um, what is it, like a, a quarter scale or eighth scale? I don't know. One of the big gas RC trucks. And... The battery came unplugged and the thing went wide open across the field and slammed into a bunch of stuff and, you know, ripped the axe or the control arm and stuff I, off. I, and
1: I just now want- he has one. <laughs> well, whatever. You know, and let me just, for the listeners' sake, let me just clarify just so we all are on the same page. What exactly we we're talking about is a return spring on the throttle that brings the throttle back to zero, Uh should something happen and you don't have any power to your system. That, that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. I've heard
4: that it's more prevalent in RC cars. Well, you know that, car racing.
1: I was just going to say I actually had those in all my nitro RC cars. <laughs> so. well,
4: it's not something that's real big in the helicopter community, but I adopted it and it saved my helicopter once and I'll do it from here on out. If it saves me and that and one seven hundred dollar crash, uh, you
1: know work. what? You you do bring up a good point, and I, uh, it's just me being bullheaded, and I get that way sometimes. <laughs> a lot of us do. It's part of being in this hobby. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Phil, it's sure been a it's sure been a pleasure having you on, man. Stop by, say hi anytime, and uh, you know, thanks for chatting about nitro. Well. Absolutely.
2: Hey, this is Curtis Youngblood. Hey, this is Matt Bonus. Hi, everyone. This is Bobby Watts. Hey, everyone, this is Gary, aka Custom from HeliWrap. This is Bert Camaruri. This is Pinion, and you're listening to the greatness
0: that is RC Heli Nation.
1: All right. So that was Phil, and in, um, good interview. It was. We do, however, have Nick with us, who is, and he is a Nitro guy, and. I have actually a question because I've been, today I've noticed something. Uh, I'm I'm flying my 600 and all of a sudden I'm noticing on climb outs, maybe a hundred feet that I'm getting a lot more bogging all of a sudden without changing, nothing's changed except maybe the atmosphere, temperature things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like, it, you know, when you come out of it and you, you you take the load off, it's like taking forever for the motor to catch back up. So I'm running rich, right?
0: That would be my guess.
1: But check this out. I'm down to just a turnout and it's still doing that. On what? On a 50.
0: On a 50? Yeah. Oh, gonna make me like wind back the time clock there. Ah, that's a good one. (laughs) Well, here's what
1: I, here's, here's what I've come to think that might be going on. I think I, maybe I need to replace all my fuel tubing just to be sure. Uh huh. I don't think it's a leak because if it's a leak, you're going to go extra lean, right?
0: Yeah, right. absolutely. And you'd hear it hanging like when you loaded it and then you unloaded it, you would hear it hanging on the pipe, given that two-stroke motorbike sound. Yeah. You know, should be pretty bad.
1: So, give me an idea if you can remember. Is there, where would you start? Where do you start with a 50? Two? A turn, and a, a turn and a half? Turn and three quarters?
0: Probably turn and three quarter.
1: Okay, that's exactly and, where I start. When I start mine.
0: And don't try and tune out that stumble, the 50 stumble from idle up when you're spooling it up.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Don't try and spool to tune that out. Right. It's, that's what they do.
1: Right. I don't, I don't know what, what is going on. And, and the thing is, is uh, I flew last, or this this is just today, and I was didn't go to the field yesterday, I guess. The day before I was flying, and I wasn't noticing any anything wrong and my motor's not and the motor's not sounding angry you know when you're lean you can mm-hmm. It just it sounds mad yeah but i'm, I'm still like just a, a hair over a turn out and still feels like it's too rich like it's uh bogging down too much on i pull on a collective climb out
0: when was the last time that you what was the the temperature the last time that you put some effort into doing it last year
1: oh I mean the last the last time I actually put some effort into tuning I, I would have to say it was probably midsummer but I've made adjustments to weather mm-hmm. every time because you have to
0: yeah absolutely
1: so but this is like uh, I don't know there's something something different is happening there's there's a change that uh, I don't know maybe I need to take the damn thing apart and see what's going on I don't know Just
0: pull the pipe and look at the ring that, that's my kind of semi routine if I get something that's just sounding a little bit funky and you know i I feel like i've been at these settings and and been at that temperature outside and that humidity and i just can't quite get it dialed in right i'll just pull the pipe and take a look at the ring you know you're really hoping to see still a dark a darker color out of the ring and if it's getting chrome looking then you better get in there and swap that out okay because it can really start to throw i mean tune off to the point where it still runs fine. I mean, for the most part, it runs okay, but you're just, you're losing so much that it can really just kind of randomly, it just starts to do a lot of weird things.
1: So here's what I might do tomorrow. Tell me what you think of this. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow I might take it out and um, take it to- In a box uh, and no. it with me. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jake keeps trying to get me to send him a night It's just not going to happen.
0: Are you going to put the stuff in it, Jake, if you get one? Or do you, or do you want like ready to fly? I'm sure- yeah. God, <laughs>
1: He's a so, fickle bitch, isn't he?
0: So needy. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so here's what I'm thinking, though. I might take it out and uh, just kind of start over, take it a turn and three quarters out, and just kind of start over with the returning process. Because maybe, maybe I'm right at that point where it's just too hard to tell what's happening. Mm-hmm.
0: So. I do it. I absolutely do it. I mean, I do it kind of randomly. It just something feels a little bit weird, and it's it's almost faster. Just just, to start back over and, you know, go back to that.
1: And tell me this. When you make your adjustments, do you do big adjustments and then kind of narrow it in from there? In other words, you know, I've seen some guys like one or two clicks, but can you really tell the difference between one and two clicks?
0: I'm a a big adjustment kind of guy. Yeah,
1: I am too. Like four clicks over and then obviously that's – I mean, then you know know you've reached a point. Yeah.
0: As long as you're not, you know – Running it throughout an entire flight. If you're just doing, you know, a climb out or a power loop, you're not going to hurt anything. Right. I mean, you, you'll hear it before it gets too crazy.
1: Right, right. So after listening to the interview, um, are there any points that you think maybe we should have covered that we didn't?
0: Um, I, I personally start with the high needle. Um, you know, and a lot of other things. I think that. Bill's experience has, you know, mostly been with like the OS motors, 50, 55, mm-hmm. that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. YS definitely tunes different. I'm not going to claim to be an expert, only since I came over to Heli Wholesaler, I switched over to YS. Um, I really like them
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm, I'm glad for that change, but it's just a completely different on kind of where what needle comes in. So... As long as everybody's really, you know, aware of that. You can't go by number of turns. You just can't really talk about that. When you're talking about, you know, between brands of motors and and different pipes, you know, as you you mentioned the pipe thing. Right. It's huge. Absolutely huge the difference that a pipe can make.
1: Yeah. I found that out firsthand. I was so surprised. Yeah. I was shocked. And
0: I just always, I tune, again, because I have... You know, I can get out there and fly hard enough. I have always started with the high needle and worked my way back down. I think that you'll, most of the, you know, professional pilots, you know, Bert, Bert's got that great smack talk video out. Mm-hmm. He talks about starting with the high. Tim Jones has a couple excellent tuning videos out. He starts with the high. Yeah, That really seems to work the best for me, but I know that that's challenging yeah. For people who who really can't push it that hard, so it's kind of a little bit of a mix of everything.
1: Well, see, and here's the here's kind of the problem, and and to be honest with you, I had a OSHZ on a Kasama when I was pretty new, mm-hmm. and um, what led me away from flying the ninety nitros was not feeling confident that with those two needles and the lack of ability. That I was going to be able to get a good tune out of it. And I've kind of stayed away, to be honest, from from motors with, with two needles for that reason. So let's look at it from a new person's standpoint. They want to get a 700 and they want to put a big motor on there. Or they want to put a 55 mm-hmm. on their 50 size. And they don't have those skills, those abilities to, to push that motor to really hear what's happening. What What would be a good way to know... You're getting the you're obviously not going to be able to get a good tune, but what we're looking for is a safe tune. Because you can't you don't want to go be so rich you're not running the motor at a at a, at too cool of a temperature. But yet you don't want to be so lean you're destroying the motor. Am I right there?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, get it to where it's it's getting some temperature in it. Either with, you know, the bottom plate method, temping the head, something. You've got to get the motor up to tamper, else you're never going to get a broken in you're never going to get the ring to seat right and the other thing is if it's got the power that you're okay with for your ability and you're worried and you don't have anyone to help then stop fly it right there you you can't hurt it by running it i mean it'll be there's blubbery rich to where you can see it you bring it up into a hover and you've got the mid so rich that you know the the motor's sitting there Kicking, surging, you can see it in the tail. Uh, If it's fly barless, that's usually where you start getting a pretty wicked drift in a hover. Mm
3: -hmm. You know,
0: it just doesn't want to sit well in a hover. It's so rich that nothing's working right. Lean out the mid a little bit, get it to where it's it's constant on the tone on the pipe. That's the big thing. Just get that out of it, pass that, fly it until you can get an opportunity to have someone else really, you know, be there with you to help you.
1: Right. Because that, you know, that it, that's intimidating for new people. There's no I, There's no question.
0: I've burned up a handful because I didn't have anyone. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I mean, big holes.
1: And that gets expensive.
0: <laughs> it, it does, and you have
1: to know how to auto. Hi, this is Richie Clarkey from the Horizon Hobby UK Flight Team. I'm on Heli Nation and loving it. Hey guys, Dan here, and I'm solo right now because I made some kind of weird technical error with the recording. We finished up last night, and I don't know what happened. Somehow I missed the last bit of our show, Uh, so I just kind of wanted to cover some of the things we talked about. One thing that I'm sorry you guys missed is we had Jack, uh, the one that we talked about earlier in the show that Todd Bennett's going to be at for the 3D class. I just kind of wanted to cover... A little bit about the fact that we've got one class full and a class consists of four people if you're interested we need to know within the week because if we don't have four people then we're not going to be able to do it so if you're interested you can email me or you can get in touch with jack at the helipros forums uh, he is a moderator over there so you can go ahead and reach him over there um also to a lot of you guys are familiar with uh, Brian Foster. He's on our show quite a bit as a guest host, uh, also known as ROV Pilot 26 on the forums. He had a little run-in with a car uh, here a while ago, so our thoughts are with you, dude. hope you're healing up good. He's okay, for those of you who aren't aware. He's fine. I mean, you know, he's banged up a little bit, but he's doing all right. So we're thinking about you, dude, hoping that you're healing up well. Get out there and start flying again soon. If you wanted to get in touch with Rob, you can do that at Rob at RCHillyNation. He's also got the front porch. Be sure to check that out. Lots of useful information there. Uh, you can do. You can get in touch with me at Dan at RCHillyNation.com or Dan K. Reid on all the forums. If you wanted to get in touch with Jake, you can do that at Jake at RCHillyNation.com. He's also got his uh, JakeRC.com. And he's also on the I Am feature of our webpage quite a bit, so you can reach him there as well. So again, we'd like to thank Nick for coming on tonight. Uh, you guys might be hearing his voice from the show a little bit more, and uh, it'll be nice to have his expertise available to us as we continue to put out some episodes. This has been a production of RC Hilling Nation. This episode has been brought to you in part by the following Helipros.com, Why Hard, HeliPros has the parts, and Outrage. Available at a hobby shop near you.